Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. So close to college football, we can taste it. There'll be games on Saturday. Hawaii and UCLA. Southern Utah will be at San Jose State. There are more games to enjoy. Nebraska and Illinois. We got a Big Ten game opening weekend. It was a conference game week zero. It's crazy. All right, we'll get to all of that coming up. We're going to start with local college football teams right now. You're going to hear from the Utes and the Cougars, and then also David Locke talking a little basketball. Uh, We're going to start, though, with Kevin Kloon, the linebackers coach at BYU. Uh, Very careful not to overstep his bounds, as you'll hear in this interview. There's some stuff he gets asked about, and he doesn't want to get into that. That's somebody else's job. but where the defense is, especially the linebackers, and the linebackers working pretty closely with the defensive line is the front seven. Here is Kevin Clune talking Cougar football. Coach, tough question off the bat. Who, who won the day, offense or defense? I have no idea. I just try to take care of my linebackers and try to make their defenses going straight. I keep in score of that stuff. That's somebody else's job. So, I don't know. I just want to play good football today on both sides. I thought that uh, at linebacker, I think those guys are playing at a real high level mentally. And so um, – you know, that's really carrying over every day in practice. I, I really am fired up with the, that position group and how they're doing and, um, you know, how the front's working together with D-line, all that stuff is is, uh, is on point right now, right where we want to be for camp. We know about uh, Will Gar and, and Peely and uh, Tooley. It's kind of your main three guys. Who else is maybe breaking into that? that uh, rotation or, or that too deep chart for you? Um, you know, you, you, you see Ben Bywater out there. He was injured last season and uh, he's really coming on, really playing smart. He's, he's playing a number of different positions and has handled all that mental load well and is flying around and doing good things. He's fast, he's strong. And so he's kind of a guy that's going to show up that maybe you didn't see last year. Um, you know, guys like uh, Morgan Piper, who's done a great job. Again, multiple positions and running around and playing good ball. Um, you know, the next crew is, is probably like Josh Wilson and Drew Jensen. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody right there, but uh, I am forgetting somebody who's next. But um, yeah, but yeah, good. I'm, as a group, again, I'm very happy with the, the direction they're going and the progress they've made in the last, uh, I don't know what practice this is, but practice 10 or 15, I have no idea. Do you like the track you're on? You feel like you're you're on track? Are you ahead of schedule or behind or? I actually feel coming out of last week's scrimmage, I felt like we were way ahead of schedule and and ready to take that step to start thinking about the first few games. So um, today was today's scrimmage was mentally focused, you know, um, you know, the sideline, the coming on and off, understanding situational football, all those things were a, were a, were a major step forward from last week. So again, I'm, I'm very pleased with um, kind of the mentality and where we're at. And we can't wait to get to that first game, uh, even though it's, again, I don't know what day of the week it is or anything like that, but um, you know, when we got two weeks, I'm not sure. So weeks from today. Yep. Yeah. All right, Sean, go ahead. Uh, yeah, Coach, I had kind of a similar question as Jay, but maybe even a little bit, even even less specific. Um, just how how would you categorize the depth on this team? Because it's at at linebackers. Because it's no secret that you guys obviously lost a lot of really good talent last year. But it, I mean, the way that you just rattle off names that are stepping up and making big plays. I mean, would you say that this team is is I don't even want to make too many comparisons to last year, but, but would you say that it's still got pretty good depth on it? 
Yeah, I mean, never do you want to go back and start comparing things to last year. This is a whole brand new season, a whole brand new schedule, you know, brand new guys. and Everybody's in a different place than, than last year. So it's always an evolution from the 2020 to 2021. And every year, you know, you want to count on, you know, the foundation that you built last year. But really, you got to go back brick by brick and take every step um, that there is in this new season. You can't shortcut anything and you know, hard work has to be there. It can't just be, well, last year we did this. So of course we're going to go out and score 42 points or whatever it may be. Um, this is brand new. And so when you talk about that now and, and coming into this, I inherited a great group of guys, a solid deep crew of guys that take care of business on the field, off the field, um, who have a great mindset and mentality for playing linebacker and they understand what they want to get done. And so um, I'm just been blessed walking into a room, I got 12 guys that I can count on. And, um, you know, maybe not all of them in the same place exactly, but, but you start with leaders like Peely and Wilgar and then Tuli and, and Bywater and Drew and, and, uh, you know, Kafusi, all those different guys. Um, they all bring something different and I'm just happy to be a part of that. And, uh, I can't say for every position, but I know mine, I love this crew. Of, of linebackers, the D line, again, we're working together with the D line and, and maybe there's not a star or a name, but you know, it's, I call them the no name D line because whoever's in there seems to be taking care of business for us so that we can make our plays at linebacker. So there's a lot to it. And, and you know, I, I can't, I, I, I'm so deeply involved. I don't look at the offense or how deep the O line is, whatever that is. I don't know, but I can just tell you about my situation. Um, how very happy I am to be with these guys. <laughs> Uh, Jay, go ahead. Yeah, Kevin, uh, A-Rod just told us you're not taking uh, the main ball carriers to the ground, Tyler and probably Lopini. Uh, seeing as how linebackers do the tackling on a team, is that uh, is that presenting any issues or problems for you getting your guys ready or are you getting enough work with the other running backs that you get? You know, day in, day out um... – yeah. First of all, like this, this isn't 1985 where we're going to go out and just knock skulls twice a day. Um, but day in, day out, we do get good work with the running backs and we have different drills that we will do each day against the running backs, tight ends, receivers, you know, things like that, where they're working on ball security and trying to keep that ball high and tight and making sure they don't give it away. And as, as linebackers, we're, we're working on our fundamentals, a close creep strike, keeping our leverage, um, all the things that make good tackling. And so, you know, last week when we did go live, I didn't see, at least again, my, my position group, I don't remember a, a missed tackle. So I'm very happy with the progress last week. This week was more of, um, you know, this uh, whole week, we, you know, we're not banging those guys like Tyler. It'd be stupid to bang those guys right now. Um, but I am happy with the angles they're taking and how they're breaking down and doing the things, the fundamentals that you're going to need to be carried over towards the game. First games are always kind of uh, – you know, you don't know what you're going to get exactly, but I, I believe 100% these guys are going to be in that area. The tackling shouldn't be an issue. All right, Jake, last question. Yeah, Coach, you talked about uh, just like the leaders that, that you have on your squad. Uh, do you feel like any of those guys are really the leaders of the defense or do you look at them as um, as being the guys who are just looked up to on – on the team? Well, yeah. And, and this, this team is still, this, this version of, of BYU football this 2021 version is still evolving and that leadership is still coming around. You know, we lost good leadership last year. We lost our quarterback. We lost Isaiah Kafusi. You know, we lost, uh, Kairos Tonga. Um, 
And so the new leadership has to step in, take over and establish itself. And how that is, is going to be different than what it was last year, the year before. So that natural evolution is still in play. I look towards, you know, Keenan Peely's a very quiet leader, but always doing the right thing and always in the right place and, and always working hard. And so he's a great guy to look towards. And, and in, again, I'm talking just about my group, Peyton Wilgar is another leader who's, who's been in the fight before and you know what you're going to get. And every single day when he comes out, he's looking to get mentally better. And so those you know guys fall on their example. Um, and then overall, this whole team, is, you know, mature young men, but this is the most mature team I've ever been around. And so, you know, somebody stepping out of line, those guys will handle it even before we might even see it as coaches. And so um, that's a great thing. And it's a tremendous, you've got tremendous kids here. And it's, it's a pleasure to work with kids like that. There's the linebackers coach, Kevin Clune. All right, coming up next, BYU offensive coordinator, Aaron Roderick, head coach, Kalani Sataki, and Ute head coach, Kyle Whittingham. The quarterback competitions have been intense at both schools, but it sounds like the coaches think they know who the winner is. You'll hear from the coaches coming up. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. All right, time to hear from the Uton Cougar coaches at scrimmages Saturday. Everybody wants the uh, the depth chart nailed down now because the truth is they'd like a little more than a week for game week. And, of course, with the Utes opening on a Thursday, they'll take a week and a half, and the Cougars apparently will take two full weeks. So let's start with Aaron Roderick. Uh, his impression, which is actually hilarious, of one player who really stood out, a guy he didn't even know a year ago when he was on the field playing, um, and then also what he thinks, uh, where he thinks the quarterback competition is, and he thinks he knows who the winner is, and as you'll hear him say, he thinks all the players know as well. And then we'll get to Kalani and Kyle Whittingham. But first, here's A-Rod. Hey, Aaron, just uh, can you describe how the scrimmage went today and maybe what you learned about your offense that uh, you might not have known going in? Um, well, scrimmage was close to 100 plays, so got a lot of work in today. Um you know, some things, you know, we did, we did learn, I think some things about some guys today. I, I, I know you guys hate this answer, but we're going to go watch the film right now and, and uh, sort of confirm that the things we saw are, are accurate. And, um, but I think the, you know, the, we got a lot of good work. We got a lot of work to do. I know that we started slowly and um, then we kind of picked it up after the second or third series, we kind of got it going, but we can't start slow. And that was kind of a downer. Uh, but then we, we made some really good plays later in the scrimmage. And, you know, when we get our best 11, you know, we've got a little more than 11 cause we've got a good group of skilled players, but we get our best 11 players on the field. I think we're pretty hard to stop. And um, we did some really good things. The tough part about the scrimmage is we don't need to see Tyler Algier get tackled. And so, um, when the, you know, when we, we're just, we're not tackling to the ground when the first team is up. So a big part of our offense is his ability to break tackles, run through arm tackles. 
we've seen it a lot of times and and in the scrimmages you know you hand him the ball they tag you for a two yard you get two yard gain when and a lot of times he would break those tackles or make somebody miss and uh, so you're a little behind the chain sometimes in the scrimmages. So that's, that's part of it, but, um, it's, it was good work for us anyway. It's good to be in difficult situations and good, good to go against a really good defense. Any other questions? Hmm. Jay, go ahead. I'll, I'll ask another one. Are you, how do you feel like, are you on track at, at this point in camp? Do you, do you like where you're at or are maybe a little behind? little ahead. Uh, I, I like where we're at. Yeah. We're, we're in good shape. We got a lot of work to do though. We can't, we don't, we don't, we can't take any, uh, any days off at all. We got to be, we got to keep progressing. We still have a lot of work to do, but I feel good about where we are and I like our team. Um, we've got some, some good skill players. We got a good offensive line and, and, um, the quarterback position is, is starting to become more clear. Uh, and so I really like this team a lot. I think very optimistic. We just, we just got to keep our edge though. You know, we got to keep working and keep, keep getting better every day. Uh, practices next week are, are huge. We got to keep progressing. Can't take a step back on Monday. Which players maybe caught your eye or turned heads today kind of stood out. Uh, Hobbs Nyberg had a really good day. Yeah. He, he did some good things and he's proving uh, to be a good offensive player. You know, last year he, like I didn't even know who the guy was and all of a sudden he was in a game catching a punt. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, literally like I, he, and then, um, and he became our full-time punt returner and did a great job. And then this spring he started proving to us that he could play receiver. And then he had a good, good scrimmage today to the point where he's in the mix. You know, I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised at all if, if uh, we see him playing some receiver in games this year, as well as being our punt returner. Coach, to uh, to build off that question, is there anyone who has um, since day one really made a lot of significant process uh, progress from where they began uh, that's caught your eye? Well, um, you know, I mean, our obvious guys. I mean, like you, I could mention Neil Pau, but to me, that's no surprise. He, to me, he was one of our best players last year. I, I don't know why he doesn't get mentioned as much as some of our as some of our guys last year, but he had a great season last year and he's, he's a really good football player. Gunner Gunner did some really good things today. You know, everybody knows that he, he's, he was had a good year last year as well. And then Puka, uh, man, he, he plays at a, he plays at a really high level. He plays so hard and so fast. Um, you know, we get those guys on the field together and, um, it's a pretty fun group to watch when you add the, our tight ends and our running backs to that mix. Um, so those are some guys, I mean, we already knew those guys were good, but they're all better than they used to be. They're all getting better every day. And, and that's, that's pretty cool to see. Okay, Norma, go ahead. Once again, you told us that the quarterback situation is just getting more clear. What do you mean by that? Does that mean you're narrowing down from the three guys to two? Does it mean one is taking significant steps? Like, what do you mean by that? Yeah, we're, I'm just, I'm getting close to establishing, you know, we've been going equal reps uh, all the way up to today and I'm getting close now to being ready to just, uh, you know, divvy up those reps a little more, uh, you know, to, to, give the starter, whoever's going to start the first game, give him a little more. Um, well, so we'll start getting to that real soon. It might, it might be, might be as early as Monday. It would be Wednesday at the latest that we get to that. Um, we're going to go watch this film. We're going to talk about it as a staff and, 
And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's becoming pretty clear. And I, if, you know, if you, if you went and asked the players right now, they could probably tell you, but they, uh, you know, they, they've battled hard and they've all gotten better. And, but that picture is starting to clear up for us. There's BYU offensive coordinator, Aaron Roderick. Now he did speak before Kalani. Kalani, you'll hear, gets some of the uh, same questions as A-Rod and some of them even reference the answers that he gave. Uh, here's Kalani. A lot of good work, a lot of great uh, opportunities to learn, uh, great situational football. Um, just, just putting our guys in different positions that we're going to see in games and, and then just trying to manufacture uh, different looks and uh, we were able to get all three phases clicking today. Um, and in regards to the scrimmage, uh, the I know you guys are going to ask it like who did better. I'm just going to tell you that the offense started slow, which means the defense did pretty good. Then the offense got things rolling. And then it was kind of back and forth. Um, we had a good amount of, of um, the uh, scrimmage go live. Um, I would say but the ones we didn't do live, we did um, mostly our, our practice tempo that we do normally with them. Um, but we last week we had um, the ones go live quite a bit. And even in practice, I would say the scrimmage last week, we had some live work. And and in, in practice, we got some live work last week. And this week, we, we got opportunities to see some of our guys do some live stuff as well. So I know that um, you know, guys like Tyler Algier and others that have been playing a lot of football, we may not make them tackle, get tackled in, in the scrimmage and stuff like that right now, but uh, we've had opportunities to do some some um, some tackling drills with them and and um, you know just to keep them fresh. I don't if you're looking at our one defense, those guys have tackled quite a bit this this fall camp. So um, just don't want their first time to tackle be in the game. So uh, we're obviously going to work next week against some of our scouts and start f- focusing on. Arizona, and then away we go. But right now, I feel really good where, where the team is at. Aaron just told us, uh, and he told me Thursday, and he just told us again that the quarterback, you're getting separation now. You want to have maybe somebody after you watch the film today, but but probably before Wednesday. Are you on board with that kind of timeline? Of course, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'll just echo what he said, and, and we're starting to see. I wouldn't say that there's – definitely a lot of separation. I'm just going to say that we feel really good about three quarterbacks and, and um, there's, there's a, we have an idea of what we're doing and then we, we can, we can see it. So I, it's, uh, I, we thought that maybe one would be elevated, but all three have elevated their game and um, we're, we're starting to see how this is going to shape up. And I just want to confirm it all with the film and, and uh, communicate with the quarterbacks themselves. And then, Away we go. So I think we're I think we're right headed right down that timeline that A Rock gave you. Other questions? Kalani, are you on track? Do you like uh, the whole team wise uh, where you are this far in camp? Do you feel like everything's installed and you're ready to go? Yeah, we got we got everything in place. Obviously, there's there's more practice and more things to learn. Um, we haven't done any scouting on Arizona right now, so. All the focus has been getting our install, getting our, our install, and focusing on what we're trying to get done on our offense, uh, defense, and special teams. And so, all the installs in now. Now it's a matter of um, getting the depth chart solidified and and making sure that we get the right reps to the right guys, and then start working on uh, Arizona prep. And so, as we start doing that, we we can start uh, looking at at the 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 play call sheet on both offense and defense, and figure out the schemes that we want to work with. 
been a lot of emphasis on on uh, our assignments and technique and the fundamentals of football. We want to always work on that. That's a daily process, but we also want to make sure that we start getting towards a position where we feel like we have a scheme and a mindset going to execute against against Arizona. So um, that's that's what we're going to transition to. But in, in order to do that, you have to have kind of uh, an idea of who's going to run the bulk of the reps in practice, who's going to be running some scout team, give us the looks that we need, and start getting our travel squad solidified. How healthy are you? Have you come out of this with, with no season-ending injuries? So far? Yeah, we're, we're we're really healthy right now. Um, obviously, we got we have some injuries and there's some things that some guys that have a little banged up here and there. But I I think going into the first game, I have to think I gosh I, I have to think about it right now. But I think everybody's still in play for now. But um, looking at that, uh, that guy's getting better. Um, Puka's been a little bit limited, but today he went pretty full, he went full full go and. And he's been doing that for probably the latter part of this this week, and um, he looks really good. I've been, I really like that that receiver group. I like the skill set on the offense. Um, Down Hoker, I just I would love every player to go serve a mission that he served because he's in great shape. Looks really good, and um, I don't want to jinx it, but he's got two weeks left to really get to get his. Um, you know, his, his, uh, perfect his craft and he's, he's really good. And, and it goes really well with what we've got with Isaac Rex and Mason Wake and the other guys in that group. Um, so skill wise, I really like the Gunnar Romney, Neil Pau, um, I know I'm leaving guys out, but they, they, they did some really good things today. And it's not just <laughs> as receivers, I thought they blocked really well downfield too. So, um, yeah, just, just, I'm excited. I'm excited to see these guys, start working, getting some fresh legs back and, and getting them ready for the, for the game. All right. Anybody else got any questions? Yeah. Kalani, you've, you've talked about a lot of things. The team is doing well and you feel like things are shaping up and you're looking ready. Um, are there any concerns you have as a head coach, uh, just getting ready for game day? Every head coach has concerns. <laughs> so, uh, how much time do you have? It, it's just, uh, you know, there's always concerns, but the one thing that I'm really, um, I feel a lot of comfort with is, is our coaching staff and the type of players that we have in this program. And so, uh, it, to me, it makes my job um, that much easier for me as, as a head coach to be in this position, knowing the type of kids that we have, the leadership that we have on this team, and um, and also the potential leadership. And then uh, just really happy with the coaching staff that we have and then the way that they prepare these guys. Uh, really looking forward to the next couple of weeks because I feel like so far things have kind of gone to plan. And as a head coach, you're, you're, you kind of make your own trouble sometimes. You're like, well, things are going good, a little too good. You know what I mean? So it's like you're always battling that situation where we've got to create, find, to find ways to, to make things ugly. And then it's hard because when we're scrimmaging, um, you know, we're going off of when we're doing our, our ones, we're going off of um, tag. So, uh, they're not getting the benefit of that when it comes to gaining yards and things. So it makes it a little harder to sustain drives, but so what? That's, that's what we do. We train ugly. We put ourselves in positions that make mistakes and have uh, a difficult time in practice so that we don't have to uh, worry about those in, in the game. So we're, 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 it's not error free. So as much as I like the progress of the team, 
Um, there's still a lot of mistakes there and that's a good sign for us to correct them, but they're correctable mistakes are easy. They're things that we can, we can definitely, uh, fix with a little bit more focus, a little bit more discipline and, and a little bit more instruction from the coaches. And so as we start doing that, uh, these scrimmages are really good for our players, but I think a lot of people don't realize how good they are for the coaches as well to go through the, the game type of uh, situations and play calls and, uh, working your personnel and, and working with, referees that that's a that's a fun dynamic and um you know i i, I say that the players need the work but the coaches do as well and we're going to take it every advantage of the next two weeks to get ready for this game here's byu football coach kalani sataki now up to the u where the questions are the same because they're the same questions everybody's asking in college football at this time of year you know who jumped out at you in the scrimmage especially when the scrimmages are closed where does the quarterback competition start when are you going to nail down the two deeps and when you do are you going to let the public know uh here's kyle whittingham how'd it go it was a good day um wasn't as physical as last scrimmage the reason being we did a lot of what we call thud work instead of live work throughout the entire time it was about 50 50 today whereas last scrimmage was 100 percent live work you know we're 12 days out uh you don't have a waiver wire in college. You lose some guys, you're, you got what you got. And so we erred on the side of uh, being um, cautious, particularly with ones. But uh, we still got good work done. It was a productive day and another step forward for us. What did you see from your quarterbacks? Good stuff. They're still uh, doing a great job. We'll definitely have a guy named on Monday. We'll probably release a depth chart on Thursday, a week out ahead of the game, and uh, go from there. Do you have an inkling where you want to go with the QBs or – are you still trying to make up your mind on that? Uh, we'll have an inkling after we watch this tape. It'll be decided today. It'll be decided in-house today. Yep. When are you going to announce it? Uh, well, we'll give you a depth chart Thursday. I guess we could play that game of <laughs> either or. Uh, I don't know if that you know serves any benefit for us, but, but Thursday you'll have a depth chart of uh, our projected starters. Were you happy with what you saw from the quarterbacks to uh-huh. make it tough on you again today, or did somebody step forward? They've made it tough uh, the entire time, and it's, it's uh, like I said, it's going to be a close call, but we feel like we've got a, a enough body of work now to uh, to make the call. And they're, they're both really good players, so I can tell you that. And we've got a good situation in that regard where we're picking from two guys that uh, are both uh, very high-quality quarterbacks. What's your situation with uh, wide receivers? Do you have the depth that you feel like you need? Yeah, we feel like we do. We've got six or seven guys that we're real confident in and then looking for another guy or two to emerge. And, uh, again, that depth will be announced on Thursday. And, uh, really, the old line, we've had a lot of guys banged up. That's probably the the most concerning thing right now is the continuity of the old line because they haven't – it's been like a revolving door with with guys getting dinged. And so that needs to change. We've got to get those guys – playing together as a unit and we're running out of time so that, that's the most concerning thing for me right now do you have five that you like up front that are healthy right now uh yeah we'll always be able to put the five out there because we got like 10 or 11 that we really like but but to get the top five out there we haven't been able to do that because guys have been missing practice you said early in camp you guys were at 92 percent in terms of uh, yep. the back straight has that number gone up yeah it's going to be 95 that's about where we're going to level off at 95 percent anybody who's not vaccinated will those guys be allowed to travel once you're traveling yeah, as far as I'm concerned, now there may be restrictions on the places we're going. You know, there's a, there's a distinct possibility that some of these uh, away games, if you're not vaccinated, you can't do it. And so that's beyond our control. But but uh, we're going to end up probably with uh, half a dozen 
non-vaxxed out of 124, you do the math and it's about 95%. Has somebody emerged as a running back one? No, and that's... uh, okay it's not ideal but it's okay it's not it's not uh, as pressing as uh, some of the other positions quarterback o-line because we feel like we've got four real good ones and and my guess is my my uh i'm fairly certain that those guys will set, separate themselves and sort themselves out in the first game or two and we'll know who's the who's the prime primary guy what about that other uh safety spot or, or, or both of them right now uh, McKinney is running with the ones with Fonte Davis those two guys are the top guys and and uh, Kamoi Latu and Cole Bishop are running with the twos and it's a battle for that fifth safety spot still is McKinney's experience maybe what separates him from the other two that and other things you know he's very athletic he was a four-star kid out of high school he's got a ton of uh, athleticism and and he's very smart uh, came to us so with a great football background and and a knowledge of defense and and uh, as you expect played for Washington quality program and so so he uh, is you know he's a this is his last year he's a senior and and he wants to make the most of it and he has so far he's had a really he had a really good camp which obviously is over now but but right now he's slated for number one it's not to say it's absolutely in concrete right now because we still have uh, about 10 practices before we line up and play you got the, the the team moving in this week, and also with the school starting next week. Do you start the regular s- s- uh, season practices now, or is it still kind of more fall camp, getting things worked in that way? It's regular season. What do you mean the team moving Sorry, in? I mean, I guess all of campuses, I guess, is moving in this week. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay, I got you. Yeah, um, yeah. And what we do, and we've done it every year for many years, is you have a, a Monday through Thursday run up to the game. And then you repeat it. And so Monday through Thursday will be exactly like a game week, Monday through Thursday. Then on Friday, we'll start over again Monday and run right up to the, the game on Thursday. That, that's that been our MO for years, and it gives the players a, a, a good idea of what's expected the first run through, and then they know exactly what to expect the second run through. Have uh, X and Van separated at all? Uh, Van right now has been running with the ones, and X would be the first guy in as of now. Mika and Van are the, are the guys that, and uh, X was down for a few days with an injury, and Van really made the most of that. And Van is, Van is uh, really, uh, the light switch has gone on for him this fall camp, and we're, we're expecting him to have a, a very solid year. What, what have you accomplished in, in camp that, that maybe you didn't think what was going to be able to be accomplished? <sighs> well, we feel uh, like we've addressed pretty much every area the only thing like I said that concerned me is the old line everything else I think is is either addressed or on its way to being addressed and uh, our punter has gotten much better you know we'll see how he reacts when the bright lights are on but but his uh, he's done a nice job and of course we got an all pack 12 kicker returning and Jaden Redding so we got a, hopefully a solid guy there and so I'm I'm going to tell you right now that uh, we've had a good camp and pretty much all the issues have been addressed and all the question marks uh, with the exception of getting the five top linemen together you've had quarterback competitions before uh-huh. this one is close and as tough to sort through as you've had it was exactly and and uh you know i think back uh and, and we're not just making stuff up and trying to you know gamesmanship i mean back when tyler huntley and and uh troy williams were battling everyone says oh it's going to be troy there's no you know they're just posturing or whatever it ended up being tyler and then we had uh, bentley and, and cam it was always oh, bentley what do you mean you know why, why are they why are they pulling all this nonsense and it was cam and so it's legitimate and we're gonna you know we have a guy that we'll have a guy today that we are gonna name and and uh, it's been legitimately uh complete neck and neck competition and both those guys have done an outstanding job doesn't say something about cam that 
he's coming off the injury and yep. made this harder than maybe you thought it would be. Well, I mean, it, it didn't surprise me, yeah. but in fairness to Cam, without being here in spring, we owed it to him to give him every opportunity. He won the job last year, and and uh, we'd be it wouldn't be intelligent to not give him every chance to you know to see where he's at, and and he's proven that he's back right where he left off last year, and and uh, then you got Charlie Brewer who's thrown for ten thousand yards and won you know forty something games at this level or whatever it is, and so so he's uh, you know he's got his plus side of the ledger as well. That competition behind both of them, like quarterback, have you sorted that out yet, or is that kind of similar to the as well? Uh, it's it's being sorted out, and we, we have a pretty good idea. And, and uh, you know, we'd, uh, we don't want to say anything about that publicly right now and, and until we tell them exactly what our plans are. Can you just speak to the leadership of Solomon Eunice with this young um, receiving corps? Yeah, he's done a great job. I mean, he's only a junior, you know, even though he's been here for a lot of years. He's he's a junior, but uh, he is he has really stepped up between him and Covey. Those are definitely the two leaders uh, at the receiver spot. And uh, Solomon knows what the expectations are in this program, and he demands that that receiver group live up to those expectations. There's Kyle Whittingham, and I guess the uh, most interesting piece of news there, uh, the running back competition will go on into the season. Not totally surprising. Uh, they've got Weber State in the opener. That can sort some things out. BYU Week 2 and then San Diego State, who they really ought to overpower Week 3. And what's a road game, but it's really a neutral field game. I just don't think there are going to be that many people um, up in Carson, California, up in L.A. County for a San Diego State game. So the Utes ought to be way better. So he's got some time to figure it out. And if you check last year, um, Ty Jordan, I think he got like four carries or something like that the first week, and then 10 the second, and then 27 the third. <laughs> he went from, well, let's see what he can do to, okay, let's split the carries three ways to, he's our guy, give him the ball 27 times. That, I think, is how it's going to play out here. And you can only have so much live tackling. You can't get guys hurt. So knowing that you're going to be favored in all three of the uh, non-conference games and knowing you're going to be overwhelmingly favored in two of them, it's obvious why he feels like he can let that running back competition play out. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, David Locke talking basketball with PK and I here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. David Locke joins us now, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He joins us. On the Smart Rain guest line, it's no secret Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. David Locke, brought to you every week by the Murdoch Auto Group. David, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. So, PK. Yeah. PK, I'm at a golf place that is a I'm not in Utah. Um, that is a swing speed center. Oh, really? It's fascinating. Yeah, pretty fascinating. Like, Arden's picked up seven miles an hour on her ball speed in 40 minutes. 
Wow, and you're just, kidding. And just, and just went to 10, just had three swings where her ball speeds up 10 miles an hour in 40 minutes. And so what do they in, uh, indicate that that would be in terms of uh, added distance? Because swing speed is uh, where it's two, about. Two, uh, ball, so we're doing ball speed, not swing speed on, on her, just because of her swing and the way she swings. Ball speed is more important. So it's about, it's close to two yards per mile per hour. Nice. Two yards oh. for every mile an hour? Of ball speed, yeah. So if you pick up seven, so she was at two. She was at two twenty-five, and she's close. She's verging on two fifty right now. Wow, she running around high five and every people high five and everybody. She's she's quite honestly not to reveal all family secrets on the air. She's had a really tough week, so this is good. I was playing with a kid who uh, went Park City High School and works at a club up there in that area, and we were talking. I said, oh, I know somebody. Uh, he's got a daughter. Oh, yeah. And he couldn't quite pronounce the full name. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know who it was? Oh, I don't. I forget his name. He was a tall, skinny kid. And uh, really tall, like six four, six five. I would say well over six feet. Yeah. Going going to Dartmouth. I don't know about that, he, but he uh, wor- He yeah. wasn't a. He he played uh, all sports at Park City High. Graduated like. Uh, two, that's not. No, not, no. Not in fact, I think he was going to Utah yeah. State. Yeah. Now that okay. I think about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Not who I was thinking about. Yeah. How about this one? Poor. How the, you want a crazy COVID story? So there's a kid we know really well. Great kid. I mean, fabulous kid. Like. We all like just, you know, world class kids. So he gets good golfer, gets Dartmouth, Ivy League school says, We'll have you. So he gets into Dartmouth, he's going to Dartmouth to play golf. They cancel golf during COVID. Mm, yeah. Like, yeah. how's that for a heartbreaker? Right. right? Totally. Like, yeah. I think they might be reinstating it. So he's trying to figure out what he's doing, but like, hope so. Still, I don't, you know, like, talk about knocking off like every life dream you've ever had Ivy League school and golf and da da da. And then, oh, by the way, that's gone. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a pretty rough lesson at eighteen years old. I agree. So while you seem to be in quite the good mood, LeBron James is not in a good mood. A poll of ten uh, executives, coaches, you know, people with some NBA tie, and the votes for best player in the league get split between Giannis Antetokounmpo and Kevin Durant. Hardly outrageous, but LeBron is upset by this. Now his Lakers were picked to go back to the NBA Finals. So there is that. Do you make much of that, or is this just Michael Jordan finding a way to motivate himself? Yeah, I mean, I think this is LeBron at 36 trying to find another way to motivate him. And it's an interesting question. Like, so, and I don't even like, it's interesting. Like, I'd ask that question. I think I'd be like, if you just like ask me right now who's the best player in the NBA, and obviously everyone's going to do their offseason rankings and they're super fun to do. Like, it's such a complicated question because of LeBron's age, right? So, you know, you're at 36, I think is what he is now. And so is he my best player in the league for 82 games? Probably not. Is he the best player in the league for a seven-game series? Probably not. Is he the best player in the game for like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter of a 90-90 game? Yeah, I'm still going LeBron, right? Like, I think um, – so, I mean, Giannis, really, that was remarkable. I really almost want to kind of go back and re-watch that series the more I kind of have, like, I don't know. I almost feel like while it was going. I mean, the playoffs this year were just so incredible with Durant's foot on the line and Holiday Steel. I mean, I'm going to take this in a different direction now, but, like, I was actually kind of going through some stuff the other day because I think Milwaukee's really interesting in that – 
one, that Chris Middleton is like their second best player. That kind of defies all logic we have in the NBA, that that can be your second best player and and win a championship. And so I've been kind of trying to walk through what they've done. It's pretty fascinating, right? Like, you go back and look, and the year they got beat by Toronto they two years ago, they're like, play a double overtime game three in that playoff series, up two games to none in Toronto. Like, well, I haven't gone back to rewatch it. I probably will just try to find it somewhere because I'm curious. But it seems to me if you're playing a double overtime game, you probably had five chances to win that game, right? Maybe six. Like, so, like, that, the difference between them, like, winning the title two years ago is probably this double overtime game against Toronto. And the difference this year is Kevin Durant's foot being, like, on the line for a three, right? Like, it's kind of amazing. So, I guess trying to take it back to the – sorry, that's just kind of where I was basketball-wise – but when you take it back to this question about, like, who's the best player, like, well, if Giannis had won it, if won that double overtime game and maybe he wasn't ready and so he wasn't the best player in the league, but if he'd done it then, like, we'd be saying that Giannis is the best player in the NBA for three years now, right? Like, it's pretty interesting. Like, Kawhi's been talking about as the best player in the league, but that's because of that double overtime game when Toronto's way and then they somehow won three more and then that ball bounced in. I would suspect, based on summer league, guards like Forrest would do well. And so, to me, watching him play in the summer league was about what I expected. Uh, but I didn't know what to expect from Azubuke, and I thought he had stretches of defensive dominance. Do I read into it? Is there anything there? Um, I kind of hate summer league for these purposes. Um so with that caveat, now let's hold the discussion just because I feel like I've made more mistakes in every stage of my like 25 years in the NBA of evaluating people by watching summer league. And like my greatest, it goes all the way back to like the jazz giving David Benoit a big contract as he dominated summer league. Like, come on, like no crap. Um, and it goes back to, I remember watching a summer league game. We played like Washington in Vegas and it was, like Trey Lyles and Kelly Oubre decided to put on a one-on-one show for each against each other. And it was like, this is the biggest waste of time I've ever seen because neither of these guys should ever do this in the NBA. So what's the point of having him do it here? The actual point is that both these guys need to learn how to play with teammates, not to be selfish. So I just, I'm not the biggest believer in summer league. I'm sure scouts see a lot out of it and I just am not good enough to get it. With that said, in regards to Azabuke, I mean, I think it's important in that, he was dominant, and he, he really can run, and you saw all the skills. What I can't tell is, like, let's go back to the Jazz playoff series against Memphis. Like, Valanciunas is really, really good, and he'll make New Orleans better. But he can't move laterally an, at all. And so Donovan would take him on the pick and roll, and if he's backpedaling and drop coverage, Donovan just torched him. Like, if you go back and look at the numbers, and they were actually there in the regular season, too, of like Donovan pick and roll on Valanciunas, he just kills him because he's got a wiggle and Valanciunas has none. There wasn't a single guard that the Jazz played in summer league, and maybe Emmanuel quickly was like the only guard in summer league that was actually good enough, or maybe Jalen Green, um, to to test Azabuke in that manner, right? So like all the defensive stuff looks great, but like I want to see an NBA guard coming at it to be able to tell whether or not that size and that, that, that length can have the same impact. And then 
you know, his weaknesses are that he's not a great defensive rebounder, partially because I just don't think he's a great defensive rebounder, and two, because he's trying to block every shot. Well, like, Summer League doesn't really expose that. Like, his wanting to block every shot, like, he actually reminds me of Hassan Whiteside in his opening years where, like, Hassan Whiteside, I think, blocked, like, four shots one year and, like, had the worst defense, a terrible defensive rating. Because, sure, he blocked four shots, but there were 13 others where they just, like, he overplayed and they either got an offensive rebound or they got a basket because he overplayed. So he's going to have to change the way he plays that because in the NBA, if you try to block every shot, they'll just kill you. David Lodge, is, like, here's the thing we got to understand, and this is my summer. This is really what I should have said about summer league instead of like that silly line about it. The league is so awesome. I mean, so awesome. And there's a bunch of things that are actually happening in the league that I think are transformational on who wins titles and things of like that because the league's so awesome right now. So when you think of the eight players that impact an NBA game, and maybe you know, and I mean four on each side, and so maybe it's ten compared to the guys that are playing summer league, like, come on, like, it's just like, stop, right? Like, it's absurd how great the guys in the league are. So I think we have to really realize, and particularly in a league that just hasn't expanded forever, while having a massive international explosion, while having the most popular players in the world and Michael and Kobe and LeBron, most popular athletes other than soccer players, like, and so if you're six, four and an athlete, you're playing the NBA for the last 20 years and you can be in any country in the world now, and we haven't expanded in that time. Like, the league is stupid great right now, talent-wise. And so when you're showing it against what is the 15th guy on a – like, Trent Ford is one of the best players. Like, he's a two-way contract guy, right? Yeah. Like, he's not – he's like three versions removed from being one of those eight guys, maybe four versions removed. So I just think it's really hard to evaluate and get excited about summer league play. David? I think we should talk about Brian Bailey and what a great job he did coaching the team. How's that? I agree. I do. I thought Brian Bailey was awesome. He's a great guy. We, we don't talk about him. We talk about all the other assistants. He's kind of the lost assistant in there. He's out of the G League. He's a crazy Ooh. great story. He went to Bucknell University, played, and then they were recruiting another guy on his team and to go play in Europe, and then he actually got the gig, and, or they actually saw him play, and I think he ended up playing like seven years in Europe, and then he came back and like did what you're supposed to do. He went to the G League, worked for the Stars, and working his way up. Now as an assistant coach, like this is. Yeah, and I then mean, they carried him like off a- the field, and the crowd chanted, "Brian, Brian, Brian!" Brian. Right. And the name of the movie is "The Lost Assistant." I love it. Right, I like it. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, honestly, in this day and age of like guys, that was awesome. PK. That was awesome. <laughs> So Brian, Brian Bailey is my Trent Forrest. Okay. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, <laughs> joining us here. David, as always, we appreciate it. His visit brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Group. And David, we'll talk to you again down the road. Jack Brian. Brian, Brian, Brian. The Lost Assistant. That's a beautiful title, too. I love it. See you guys. That and the quiet radio host. <laughs> the five-second rule, dude. Mm-hmm. You violated it twice. It's your own fault. I did. I, did. I tried to inbound the ball with four seconds. <laughs> yep. You got to have the five count. Let him think one more thought. <laughs>
<laughs> That's the challenge. I don't pay attention to any of the content. <laughs> I just do I get comes a pause? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not a pause. <laughs> because if it is something that I can do and he's done and we don't talk to each other, that's a winning interview. There it is. <laughs> there is David Locke. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.